It's the end of the year, so that means it's time to distill the entire thing into a single game. The time when we throw out all the pretenders and decide on just one game to rule them all. Hopefully, I'm still John Robertson, and I'll be joined, as by usual, by Stace Harmon. I just want to take a moment to offer you a heartfelt thanks for all of your support this year. Genuinely, it means a lot to us, and it makes us really excited to be able to bring you something new in the first half of 2021 in the form of 20 Double Fine Years, our book charting the history, creations, and creative approaches of every single one of Double Fine's games so far, starting way back with Psychonauts 1 and ending, quite neatly, with the upcoming Psychonauts 2. We hope that our choices for Game of the Year 2020 don't alienate us from you too much. So enjoy, and we'll see you in 2021. It's the end of the year, so we are talking about Game of the Year, and we've both put together a short list of games uh, before revealing our final winner. So, John, what is your short list of games for 2020 Game of the Year? Yeah, so when I was looking back at this, I thought that there weren't that many contenders but actually actually there are um so i think a lot of them have come up like in the second half of the year as well for me anyway rather than rather than the first half of the year so the year kind of feels a bit sort of you know shorter maybe when it when looking at when looking at these so um hades i think that's that's probably the only way in which 2020 feel, feels shorter yeah, for anybody yeah, is game selections yeah. um so yeah so hades so shortlist hades uh the demon souls ps5 remake remaster that's a remake isn't it it's not a remaster a remake uh among us ori and the will of the wisps final fantasy 7 remake uh, and then, like, sort of lesser, sort of honourable mentions, I suppose. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, F1 2020, which, uh, wow, like Yakuza Like a Dragon, which I liked a lot, um, but probably not quite Game of the Year contenders, but um, worth a worth a shout out. So there, so that's up that. So you've got a shortlist there that also includes honourable mentions. So what would be your because. I would assume you there are some of those, as you've just alluded to, that aren't actually in the running for Game of the Year. So which ones, you know, which are the ones that caused you issues in picking the single Game of the Year? Which, which well, are the, the ones first, that it was actually like a toss-up? Yeah, between? the first five. So the first five that I mentioned. Right. Hades, Demon's Souls Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ori and the Will of the Wisps Among Us. Okay. And they're all very different games as well. Um but all very good so it's kind of it's one of those things where it's kind of it's not necessarily a case of determining just which one is in mm. absolute terms better mm. than the other because they're kind of difficult to directly compare but it's <clears throat> i don't know just whatever the nebulous concept of what means more to you what impacted you more i guess yeah well they're not they're not being judged by the same criteria right like they're, yeah. they're they mean different things at different times of the year and and that's a similar thing for me so hades is also on my shortlist last of us part two is on my shortlist um I don't think I have any of the any of your other ones uh on my list. Those really those it's between those two for me from for an actual pick, but then there is also Animal Crossing which I played a lot of as did I think anybody who played Animal Crossing uh played it, you know, in earnest throughout the the early months of lockdown. Mm. Um and it was that kind of it didn't I didn't feel like that's why I was playing it. I didn't feel like I was playing it in order to escape. But there was a certain soothing 
element to playing that every day because it was literally checking in every day to to see what was going on and buying turnips on a Sunday and then waiting a week to try and sell them at the highest price and blah, blah, blah. Any of this will be familiar to people yeah. that have played Animal Crossing. Well, I guess um, it, in, you know, in some small way. I mean, I haven't really I haven't played it, so I don't know from inside out, but from the outside looking in, it does... Maybe you could argue that those elements like the turnips and the different the price changes and the market fluctuations and stuff, like it at least it gives you some sense of like shared community, I guess, that was maybe mm-hmm. lost from yep. lockdown realities. Absolutely. And we had a WhatsApp group that was ostensibly entirely for that purpose. The the six of us that were playing Animal Crossing, it was like each because you can go to other people's islands to sell your turnips. So it was every morning and afternoon. Um posting what the price tra- the price was for turnips on your island just on that group and then once it hit a certain high or a, a, a you know a high that we were willing to uh, to cash out at we would then organize trips to each other's islands or that person's island to sell turnips so there was a sense of community in that there was a because in order to do that everybody has to be online you can't just you can't just like open the gates and let people come to your island you have to actually be mm. online at least or you know playing the game effectively but you have to be like in it so yeah there was definitely a sense of community in that i organized a fishing tournament in on my animal crossing island um lovely gave out prizes uh crafted gear to for people to use and gave out prizes and crafted bait and made up a handmade sign on the beach and all yeah like it was a thing it was a whole sounds like game of the year to me <laughs> well it i fell off it uh not quickly but once i had I fell off it completely. I haven't been back to it since I, I don't know exactly when, but probably July. I played it solidly. I think my Switch stats say something like 175 hours plus, and then that was it. I, I haven't picked it up since. Um, so that doesn't. That was a very particular experience for a particular time of this very particular year that I really got into, and uh, but have then since left it, and I, I don't know if or when I will go back to mm. it. Um, so, yeah, for me, the shortlist is The Last of Us Part 2 and Hades. So not... So obviously we've got Hades in common, but we've also got in common... So, I mean, some people would be, like, hating that I haven't picked Last of Us Part 2. I mean, I haven't even completed it. I haven't even played, like, a third of it. But we've but we've also got in common... Neither of us have picked Cyberpunk either. Cyberpunk, the amazing... No, that's it. <laughs> um, I've played quite a bit of Cyberpunk. I, I do really like year it. Twenty twenty one. Finished maybe. it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, all right then. So no Cyberpunk then. Just no Cyberpunk chat. No Cyberpunk. No. No, we'll avoid that. Although we have managed to include it in the episode, so you know. Exactly. SEO. Well, we have to. Every <laughs> every article about written about games, every yeah, podcast written again, has yeah. to be has to include Cyberpunk in yeah. some way. Um, okay, so which of which pick a game off your your shortlist just to give a, a summation of why it's on that list, and um, I guess why it hasn't ultimately won your game of the year. Which would you, which would you start with? Uh, why well, it has a well, I suppose Among Us is an is an interesting one to talk. It's the most different from those. It's you know you can buy it for a few quid. It's multiplayer only it's a tiny development team as the others are all i know hades is not made by a super big team but um <clears throat> you know there's still a among us is three people i think um mm. that's very kind of lo-fi etc the others are quite you know big and look amazing and are very grand and take many hours of gameplay to 
many hours of input to to kind of see. Um, so Among Us is on there because it's very different from probably anything any video game that I've played. There are some similarities to board games, but video games <clears throat> certainly I think it's maybe the best interpretation of kind of video game interpretation of what a typically board game concepts like social deduction kind of things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um again maybe for a similar reason as the animal crossing uh thing in that among us is social so if you can play it certainly if you can play it with other people that you know and you're all on the mic rather than just typing and the in-game chat system and one of you is the imposter or two of you are the imposter however you've got it set up um and you know everyone in there and you're all kind of talking to each other and accusing each other and whatever um and it does bring that kind of sense of community mm. back in in a you know the months where where it was taken away um so it's yeah it's uniqueness the social the social functionality the fact that you know it, it's kind of short and sweet so that you can play it now and again easily but it also stands up to just like playing it for just like three hours in a row and you just play like loads mm. of games consecutively um so it's got a lot going for it i think it's not on you're gonna say something well yeah I'm wonder- i was wondering at the social aspect i'm interested do you think uh or guess how i guess how big a deal do you think the social aspect was this year do you think had among us been had you been playing it this much last year um do you think it would have been a contender do you think you even would have played it as much last year when we were all free to do basically whatever we wanted to do how 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 big a factor was the fact that you were not able to get out and see people Uh, i think i definitely still would have played it the the game is still high quality enough that it's not doesn't rely on the fact that we're in lockdown or whatever it's Mm. just that lockdown made it more pertinent i suppose made it more uh important i guess um but but the quality of the game's still there um no matter what like it's, it's not relying on the, the outside factor um so it's not a it's not a you know online chess or online words with friends for example that people got into you know i played a few games of chess with various people that i would not have done had this year not been what it was so it's not it isn't that for you you still would have absolutely played it, it just yeah I still definitely the social aspect was a was about it's just heightened yeah. i guess or maybe maybe it's not even heightened maybe it would have been exactly the same social response it's just like looking back on it and trying to mm. say like intellectualize mm-hmm. the year it just seems more bigger as a memory yeah. because it's yeah. been contextualized in in <clears throat> in that um yeah of that event um so but i mean the reason it's not the game of the year i suppose is that once i once I started to go off it, I just went off it very quickly. And so mm-hmm. I kind of never, never wanted to play it again, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's, I think, same with me and Animal Crossing. It's, yeah, it served a very specific purpose, scratched an itch. Yeah. And then um, went away. Yeah. And it's not that its quality diminished or whatever. Like, it's still as good as, it's just, I don't know. Um, I guess, I guess maybe it, was harmed by just overplaying it for a certain for a few weeks or whatever and then it does get Mm. to a point where it does feel like the situations that were kind of exciting and tense and full of drama were reduced simply because of repetition it's like okay i know i've been in this situation before 
Yeah. Do you start to see the matrix? Do you start to see the the flow of how a particular game is going to go or the tricks that people are up to or, oh, if they do that, then that probably means X. Like, you yeah. just, just start yeah. to see patterns oh, yeah. and where you've seen the same. Yeah, you've seen the randomness. same, like, defences from people where you say, oh, no, mm-hmm. I didn't do that because of X, Y, and Z, or you, you see the same claims being made by people you know and, and you mm. know you can mm. it just seems it just feels that bit less then it just makes it feel smaller i suppose where where when you first start playing it, it seems really big because even though it's a simple set of rules um i suppose it's got that thing you know like sports like football like it's, it's a very simple set of goals in that right the the, the winner is the team that puts the, more, the ball in the back of the net the most at the end of the game but actually, within that, there's enormous complexity with how with how that happens, like near infinite complexity. Like from one second to the next, there's you know when you take into account where the ball might be in all the different players, there's like a million different combinations that might happen. That kind of makes the game exciting all the time and makes every game different. And with Among Us, it did feel like that for a while, but then after a couple of months, I'm like, oh, actually, there are actually mm. you can see all the different links now, and each game isn't necessarily. Of course, it's a little bit unique each time. It's never identical to the next game, but like you know, the feeling or the theme or the the pace of the game would start to get familiar. Yeah, I imagine the uh, the journey element, the emotional like peaks and troughs and stuff, is the same. You you go through the same kind of experience, and it stops being. It becomes a game by rote. Well, yeah, rather than and by like winning. Experience. Yeah, winning as the imposter starts to be less exciting and being killed by the imposter is less like kind of an injustice or whatever. Like the mm. the the, mm. the the highs are just just blower. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, so among okay, I mean among us nonetheless was was clearly yeah, a very amazing game. game to you yeah. and it, it, And whatever those yeah. whatever those guys go on to do next, it's like, you know, all lies on them because it was an amazing achievement. Yeah. I remember when we spoke to um uh Celador Games, mm. Teddy Lee, I think, about Rogue Legacy. Yeah. Um and he talked about that thing of people complaining that, you know, they played it for 50, 60, 70 hours and like, oh, there was nothing else to do. And his response to that was that it was never, it was never meant to be a game that you were going to play that long. Like, it's amazing that you have, but it was never designed to be played that long. Yeah. Therefore, the fact that you're kind of bored of it after that amount of time is not a negative is yeah. not a well yeah because i feel like i'm being a bit harsh on it by saying that like oh you go off it quickly once you start to go off it but you know i've still included it in my game of the year running like i still respect yeah. everything it's done like just, i don't want to play it now like really but that doesn't mean that i haven't that i, that I just forget about the goods that it mm. gave mm. like yeah um all right so among us i mean that was a contender um i think the fact that it even sits alongside some of those other games is you know it, it speaks to the breadth of 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 platforms and experiences and touching points um of the different games that you've picked um well, yeah i must so, say of among us as well i did play it on the phone a bit on androids for a bit which you can play for free with ads um but the user experience compared to pc is horrible um just paid it just if you haven't played it pay the extra few pounds play the steam version (laughs) um it's so so much better okay all right well there we go that's good for anybody coming to among us at this stage uh the pc is the way to go um okay so among us falls by the wayside 
valiantly. Yeah, so you've only got two games then. I've only got two. So yeah. you have to pick the game that you're not going to pick, <laughs> which is going to reveal the game that is the game of the year and say why. Well, uh, yeah, why but the game, I mean, you know, that's not why. We, it's not whether the game that we reveal to be the game of the year is not really, there's not going to be any huge revelation in that, is there? There's not going to be like, oh, it's this game that nobody's ever heard of. It's like, well, it's one of these games that even a couple of weeks ago was nominated at, at the Game Awards for Game of the Year. Both Last of Us Part 2 and Hades won various different awards at the Game Awards. Um, Hades won Best Action Adventure, uh, Best Action Game, and Last of Us won Best Action Adventure Game and Overall Best Game. Uh, Laura Bailey won Best Performer for um, Abby. And yeah, so the the fact that it's these two games that I've picked is not, you know, I'm, I'm hardly breaking any moulds. But mm. they, nonetheless, they are both uh, incredibly important to me. I had a very, I, I have had a very emotional response to both of them. I love them both for very, very different reasons. So to talk about, and there's also a, a complete contradiction um, in my selection because not a few weeks ago on the game of the generation episode that we did in which we look back at the PS4 Xbox one generation. Uh, I picked last of us part two as my game of the generation. And the last of us part two remains my game of the generation, even though I haven't picked it as my game of the year, which I understand sounds like it makes absolutely no sense. And that in some ways it, it does make absolutely no sense. Okay, so what are the ways that it does make sense? Well, the the ways that it makes sense to me, or the way that I I justify or validate this, is that uh, The Last of Us Part 2, and I think I said this a bit, I talked to this a little bit during that episode, is that I think of it as something different. And I don't mean I think of it as something more than a game. I'm not talking about elevating it to some like lofty standard. But I, when I think about my experience with The Last of Us as a whole, both games and the Left Behind DLC, and what they've meant to me personally, what they've meant to me professionally, what I've done because of those games, um, the experiences I've had because of those games that have tied in very personally or very closely to my personal life, the last of us part two is it becomes more than just a uh it becomes more it gets judged in a different way it's like that is my experience of the generation that's my experience of the year which sounds really Mm -hmm. well it sounds you know insert expletive here sounds whatever it sounds like but that is what it is like the last of us part two is a is kind of a different thing for me it's it's a um it sounds like it's it sounds like thing. you went on a spiritual journey through the <laughs> through the desert in Arizona or whatever or Mexico having taken ayahuasca or whatever and then you're like well you can't treat that as a life experience because it's more than a life experience. Yeah, I mean I'm not trying to be, you know, uh well again whatever the word is pick whatever word you want to pick. I'm not trying to be that about it but that is how i feel about it so that's why i can i can keep last of us part two as my so it's not game of the year because it's more than a game it's not it's not game of the year yeah i mean yeah in terms of basic like trying to because you can't lower it to be game of the year it down to a sentence but it is my game of the generation so in that sense it is a game so you know 
I'm I'm very well aware of the uh, the the juxtaposition of those two things, and that they make no sense in many ways. But uh, the Last of Us Part Two is is a game that I played this year and had an experience with. I've been through it twice now, and I mean it is incredible. the The experience I had with it was incredible. Um, I understand the detractors of it. I understand the criticisms of it. Um, certainly on the first playthrough, I was not as on board. Like I, the first playthrough, I thought, well, actually I prefer the first game, but then I've played the first game maybe six or seven times. So on the first playthrough, I think it wasn't as well constructed, um, for a single playthrough as it could or should have been. But then there are some of my favorite films are like that too. Like they want you to watch them again. Christopher Nolan's films in particular are very much like, well, I'm not going to lay it all out for you. They're just confusingly made. Well, I don't, for a single playthrough, for a a, a single watch rather playthrough. Um, I, yeah, sure. But that's, yeah. And that's kind of how it was for me with the last of us. It wasn't confusing, but it was, I didn't know where it was going. And so, there was i got a lot more out of um going back to it and understanding more about where it was going on the first playthrough playing as ellie for the first three days in seattle and then you start playing as abby and some of this is probably going to be spoilers but nothing major you start playing as abby and i kept thinking or expecting that i was going to get back to ellie i kept like well let's do this bit and then we'll get back to playing as ellie because surely ellie is the protagonist in this game and she is the one you're going to be playing the lion's share of the game with but it doesn't work like that it's basically 50 50 um and going going through that a second time and understanding that and then being able to view it in a, in a different way and obviously with hindsight uh made it a more complete experience for me and i'm not suggesting that people oh if you didn't really like last of us part two you should play it twice because that's obviously ridiculous like if you didn't like it you're not gonna you're not gonna play it twice you for example have not played it through once no, and that's, it is a game that i do want i respect to, that i understand that i'm not going to try and defend i'm not going to try and like justify and defend it that's it's my experience of it was that i enjoyed it the second time yeah. through but i'm very well aware that if you didn't enjoy it the first time why would you play it a second time so yeah yeah i do want to go back and play it though like it is on my list high on my list like, okay now that is i need to play that and i say need as in genuinely need not just like uh, like you know flippantly using need as in actually should it's like, no, i know need to play it um <clears throat> You know, it's just one of those, you know, like, um, it just des- it deserves the respect to be played. Like, um, mm. uh, you know, he can't just, it, it can't win all these awards. It can't um, have all of this positive reaction and then just be like, well, actually, no, like, can't be bothered. Like, you know, I just reject it out of hand. It's like, well, yeah. Well, like, but a game is harder in that way, isn't it? Like a film that wins a lot of awards that you understand to be a exemplar piece of cinematography, you can watch within two or three hours and you're done with it and you may not like it, you may not understand it, but you have been able to form an opinion of it in that time because that is the complete experience. Last of Us is like a 30-hour game. Like that's a that's a big thing to yeah. say, well, I'm going to experience this because I should. Because that's a nobody should be asked to do that if they don't want to. If you want to do it, yeah, that's Yeah, yeah, if you don't want not, to, of course. You know. But I want to. But I think it's different when 
you either depending on like just how much you love games like if you love games or you you want to understand games as much as possible or you want to be uh, like immersing games and yeah just like take them in and understand then you should be making a time for that like it's, if you're just like a, a consumer of games or just like a kind of casual fan of games then no but if you want to understand everything that's happening in games, why things are important, why people are reacting in certain ways, and I think you probably should make time for games like mm. that. I do also think that's quite probably quite a personal thing to you, though, because that's how you approach a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You approach you, but you, that's why that I'm is, saying you know, it because for me, the way yeah, I approach sure. it, yeah. like it is a game I want to play for that reason because I need, I feel like I need to understand it mm. mm-hmm. more than once. Like I need to understand it. Like I need to understand why, like you know, what are these, where are these opinions come from, where are these reactions mm. come from. Like I don't want to, you know, where do I sit on that? Truly, where do yeah. I sit on that? Okay, yeah. my initial experience has not been great with it because I haven't finished it. Obviously, otherwise I would have finished it. But yeah. it's not fair to, you know, you need to see the whole thing before coming to a full conclusion. Well, and we can have, I mean, we've had conversations about games in the past. Very interesting, detailed conversations about games that we've had different opinions on. Um, Detroit, but I remember being one of those become human my experience of that game is very different to yours and we talked at length about that um and spider-man as well we talked about that quite a lot and and i think it's that's it's interest it's just an interesting thing to be able to do and you can only do that in depth if you have yeah exactly because otherwise it's just reacting to well you're not coming at it from your own perspective you're only reacting to an opinion of which you have no basis to mm. to but you're just not even you're you're an, an yeah. asymmetrical yeah. level of um it's one of those things you know like everyone like, you know everyone is everyone's entitled to an opinion yes but the reality of it is your opinion is worth less if you haven't got experience of the thing that you're talking about <laughs> like mm. you know mm-hmm. like it just is mm-hmm. like um as a wider thing i mean i wonder how that works this is not this is kind of off topic but i wonder how that works for you because you do get into a lot of things very deeply you do get invested you invest yourself don't get invested you invest yourself into a lot of topics very deeply which then probably puts you in a position that a lot of the people that you talk to like me or anybody else almost is not gonna have invested that much time into those things so you're probably going to be more well versed than they are yeah and so, so I wonder how clarify, satisfying your conversation yeah so i should clarify like, by that, that by saying that it's not that they it's not that people if you're ignorant of something like if you haven't played the last of us 2 it's not and then you're talking to someone who has and then you're trying to have an have an opinion you're trying to have an interaction with them that's based around what do you think about the last of us 2 then there has hmm. to be an acceptance that, you, that the person who hasn't played it is of course allowed an opinion and their opinion is valid but it's valid as someone who hasn't played the game like it's valid as someone mm-hmm. just looking mm-hmm. and just reading opinion about the game or seeing marketing about the game or whatever and that's fine and you can have a conversation about that but you can't have a conversation you can't and you and you can say i don't like that and mm. i don't like what it's given me but you then can't turn around and say to the person who has played it and likes it having experience playing it that you're wrong for liking it because of these reasons that I don't like it. Well, no, but you're coming from it from mm. a different position. That's what I mean. Like you can't turn yeah, around. No, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, so it's not that, that it's not that the other person's position is invalid. It's definitely not. It's wholly mm. valid. Mm. Um, so long as we're working to within the context of that 
valid opinion. You can't then take that opinion outside and say, I don't like The Last of Us because of what I've seen of it. And therefore you're wrong for liking it despite playing the whole game. Yeah, but you you also can't do that even if you have played it as much as the other person. You can't say to that person, you're wrong for liking it because no, I not. don't like it for all of these very intellectual reasons. No, no, no. Like, but but, on, but on that on but, that even, you're coming to it from an even experience level. Yeah, you can compare so notes different. far more uh, equally. And, and, that, and it would be, it's a far more interesting, and it's a different conversation. It's a far more interesting conversation because there's more of a, what did you think of this? And if, quite literally, if you haven't, played up to hour 20 then you haven't seen whatever x is to have an opinion on it and i can say to you well this is what happens and you can form as an intelligent human being you can form an opinion on that but that's being filtered through my telling of it you you obviously have not experienced it and formed your own opinions on it so yeah i, I mean for the record not that there is a record but i would like you to play last of us so that we can have a yeah for the record i know that you're wrong about last of us and it shouldn't be in the game of the year contention <laughs> anyway um it's enough about games that are what not is, game what of is the our year. game of the year Let's also i've just realized that, oh i've realized i looked it up Amars came out in 2018 not 2020 so it's not even in contention for this but i think it's actually quite Cut interesting with among us because the game had basically almost no Mm. no fat like no player base no anything <laughs> um and the developers i believe this is right the developers were working on among us too they were going to make a sequel um, yeah. to try to and like fix some of the stuff that they decided okay this hasn't worked for a b and c yeah um and now we will make among us two and fix those um but then the game just blew up in 2020 yeah. like, it's absolutely blew up like you know many 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 yeah, many times more um <laughs> popular um so it's interesting, yeah. even though I, I still defend putting it as my 2020, because even for the novelty, not novelty, but the just the interesting factor of it was actually released two years ago, but no one played it. Well, basically no one played it until this year. So in yeah. in the sort of cultural sense, it was really released this year, I guess. You know, now it's everywhere. There's like memes about it and people making animations and everything. It's mm. crazy. Uh, anyway, yeah. so... Not Game of the Year okay. Among Us, not Game of the Year Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is Game of the Year? What is your Game of the Year? Uh, well, so of the others, uh, Demon's Souls Final Fantasy Remake, uh, Ori and the Order of the Wisps. I can see, um, so just quickly as a quick interjection, I can see, uh, I can kind of foresee, rather, your argument for or not your argument just your pick of one of those games for one set of reasons uh and then as from a from a kind of an intellectual standpoint from a a game design standpoint i can also see the reasons you might pick another for a very yeah. a far more emotional reason which is kind of my last of us thing um so i'm interested to see which it is which so if i, I guess if i stop interrupting i might find out so please tell me which of these games is because I'm kind of thinking it's two. I'm kind of thinking it's between yeah. two. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so there are different reasons for all of it. So I think if it was just pure game design and pure, I don't know, just just every second being like absorbed, then I suppose it would be Ori and the Will of the Wisps would be the best one, would be the game of the year. Mm-hmm. If it was maybe like just satisfaction and just like lasting 
uh sense of like beating something and like yeah like you know that kind of just like masculine like approach to games game appreciation <laughs> where it's like yes i beat that game completely um, that then also demon souls would be the one but <clears throat> as a total package with its baggage and with its just absolutely like nostalgia like just ripped off the charts like um final fantasy 7 remake is uh, probably looking back on it is my favorite game and, and this might even be rose tinted glasses looking back on it as well because it's nostalgia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that i was i just couldn't wait for it and like i was really happy that it was good and etc so i'm really happy that it just finally arrived um but i think if i was if you asked me that at the time like while playing is this the game of the year then i'd say probably not mm-hmm. but having finished it and seen it all the way through and looking forward to part two and all that stuff looking back on it again so it's just like double nostalgia lens then yeah. it's hard not to pick it um it's almost like the impact of it finally arriving and finally playing as those characters again and all of that stuff. Almost like just, it's almost, like, I don't know, you're almost in some sort of state of shock when you're actually playing it and you have to like wait for a little bit to actually like, it's just sort of like to go over you. It's like, okay, I've been waiting for, how long, like 20, 23 years for this thing mm. to come along. And so it's finally there. Um, so I don't know, it almost takes you, it almost requires you to look back in order to fully um <clears throat> in order to to have an opinion of it i guess really like when you're in the trenches yeah. you can't you've got you know you're just sort of overloaded with the the warm sort of vibes and just like they're just trying to see it you know um rather think, than and that rather is, than that intellectualize it or to, think deeply about it yeah and that surely speaks to like just the way that we experience things as people right? as human beings the way that you experience something is there is a degree of in, in as much as there is anticipation for something a good meal that's why you salivate or like an experience like this you're excited about it that's part of that gets rolled up into part of that experience as does retrospection as does looking back on something because i think that's why you can say oh such and such was the happiest day of my life or the happiest time of my life or whatever you might not necessarily think that at the time because you're no but now i can say that final fantasy VII remake later. is the happiest game of my life <laughs> <laughs> i i believe you <laughs> giant sword is back the maca react is back cloud's hair is back barrett's gun is back everything like oh, tifa's back fantastic she was always my favorite yeah <clears throat> i think it's got the single best moment as well there's a um for those who have played it, they'll know it's immediately what I'm talking about. It's a minor spoiler if not, but there's a dance scene in it where Cloud mm-hmm. is dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a dance off or a dance battle or whatever. Um, at the Honeybee Inn. And, um, he's dressed oh up. Oh my God. Right? They dress him up in, yeah, they dress him up. Yeah. He's in, and... in his dress and yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to spoil that bit, but, um, <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah, just that scene. Like it's largely a cut scene. There are, there are interactions as like button presses and mm. stuff that you have to do, but, um, it's largely a cut scene really. Um, and that scene is German just, oh my God, it's just that, so that good. Scene. It looks very, uh, for some reason that's all I always think of, but I think retrospectively I thought of Baz Yeah, Lerman I guess it's got like a Moulin Rouge yeah. sort of vibe yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, that scene alone isn't what makes it the best game, but, um, I, I think that is, <laughs> that is indicative of that scene is indicative of the game, like the silliness of the game. And I think that's one of the great things that they've 
retains is that while Final Fantasy does have such like lofty weight and this very grand sense of mm. place for many people and it was the you know the game the the jrpg that got people onto jrpgs and it's you know this and that it's set it defined many many game uh <clears throat> elements i don't just mean mechanics i mean like you know story and character and just fundamental things to any kind of piece of um fiction or narrative Mm. Um, it was also, the original was also silly. Like it, it was just, just when it was all getting a bit much and it was all getting a bit like po-faced and potentially preachy, it would just like throw in this, like just crazy stuff, just like wacky, just outrageous, just stuff out of nowhere. Um, and this one does that as well. Like, so it's mm. got, it's got all the weight and it's got all of the, the depth and, and, and that impact. But it's, but it's also remembers that like, okay, even though this game is, thought about deadly seriously and spoken about very seriously as like one of the best games of all time it was also silly and this one like you know plays into that whilst having that um that um stress and that demand from players to be you know outrageously mm. good and very serious and really and, out- and outrageously <clears throat> cool like it needs to be cool right but it also can and take some time to just be i think i feel like that makes it more even though it's a game, it makes it more human. It makes it more of a human experience because it, there's more than just, oh, this is super cool and stylish and, you know, everybody's got spiky hair and it looks awesome. And there's also just these these human moments where it's like there's something yeah. funny going on that allows you to relate to it. It allows you to engage with it on multiple levels or at least more of the emotional spectrum mm. you can engage with it than just, yeah, that makes me feel like a badass because you can't just always feel like that for the entire playtime there needs to be some yeah yeah some contrast yeah. so yeah but it's interestingly designed as well because in some ways it's very conservative um like it's quite linear um it the side mission structure is very basic um very kind of like you could ask you like sort of sort of just like bolted on like i think that's a bit i think mm. that's a bit unkind because mm-hmm. i think it's been very seriously thought about why they've done the side missions in the way that they have, but it, it is very kind of old school. Um, <clears throat> old school in the sense that I think it's like it's optional that if you don't do it, you're not missing out on anything. I think there was like, th- I think that became game developers and designers got better at doing that, integrating things into the, into the whole. Whereas initially I think it was like, this is the main path. Here's a load of side stuff. Yeah. They, 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 but if you don't do it, that's okay. And, yeah. and so when you do do it, you don't get, like, it doesn't feed back into the, the main stuff. No, it doesn't. But like narratively, you they excluded either. Yeah. Narratively, they are very tacked on. It's not like The Witcher or whatever, where mm, mm. like a side mission can be like the thing that you remember most. Like it's, they are, they are purely for, uh just sort of buffing the bigger picture really like if if someone just wants to know a little bit more about the worlds and the picture of the world and just fill in the kind of the out of focus bits on say a painting of a landscape that's what the side quests are for in final fantasy so mm. remake they're not to really reinforce the quest or the personality or whatever of the main character or the journey of the main characters they are yeah. very much bolted on they are very much um you know well you could ignore them i say but but that's funny that because some i remember like a couple of weeks a few weeks ago when we were talking about this and i 
because I haven't played the remake. I've played the original and played it to completion and, and all the rest and have very fond memories of it. But some of the things that I have the most or the strongest memories of, uh, you then told me, you know, a few weeks ago that a lot of these things that I think of like Knights of the Round as a materia or Vince as a side character, as a, well, sorry, as a character of my party were, and there was a, uh, there's a, a mission that you do with like, it's like a tower defense thing. A lot of these things you told me at the time were like, well, actually that a lot of these are either secret or optional or like yeah. these are not, and you don't just get these things as part of the story. And that's, yeah. and that, I didn't know that that wasn't like, that's, you know, I didn't pick those as specific examples to be like, look at me. Yeah. I've played so much of Final Fantasy. And the way that Remake goes about its mission structure and the way the environments work and stuff like that. I don't think that there will be anything like that in this game to come. I don't think Vincent or Yuffie will be characters that you can miss. I don't think that's a thing. I think the game design right. structure that they've set up, design has changed. they can't, yeah. I just don't yeah. see how they can do that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I just don't see how that's going to work unless they just completely throw away what they've done for this one and then just change it for the next one. But right. I can't see that happening. Okay. And I don't think it should happen. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's very conservative in some ways, but but it's very modern and brave in other ways like they do change the story i don't want to ruin it but at the end there are some changes the way that sephiroth is in is involved is very different immediately different uh the because battle the Final system Fantasy 7 remake just to clarify for anybody that hasn't played it isn't the entire game yeah 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 right. no it's, it's just, just the midgar a... section it's like the first so that is know, eight the first, hours of what? the first game of the right original. okay and this is of a huge game well, I mean, I guess the critical path it might not I don't be. Know, it might, so, yeah, it could take you probably be, anywhere but... from like five to ten hours. I don't, I can't remember entirely in the first game to get out of Midgard. No, I'm, yeah, but so so that's it's that much of what I remember to be a huge game, whether it was or not. I don't know. Oh but yeah, but so I don't it's think just the beginning bit. If it's a hundred hour game, the original, I don't think there. I don't think that there are not going to be ten installments of this sure. one. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. <clears throat> um yeah. So yeah. So ends at the end of the midgar section. You can jump into it now, right? You can jump into it now, and you can get. You, you're not going to be committing dozens of hours of your life to this thing. It's like, no, it's like thirty hours long. It's like thirty-five. And if you've never played, uh, if you've never played Final Fantasy VII, you can play this part of the remake and see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not. Yeah. Um, that much of a commitment, really. Yeah, but yeah, but then. Yeah, so it's conservative, so, but it's got these, but it's very modern in other ways. Like they've changed the battle system, so it's much more fluid. Like it's, it is kind of turn paced, but it's, there are some more kind of closer to real time elements in it as well. But they've changed it in such a way so that it kind of still does still feel like at a core, like its essence. There are some of those similar like strains and stresses and, sort of sensations that you got from the original even though it's very different at the same time and it's just mm. it's just a lot of clever design has gone on um in that so i think so yeah i mean that's a game of the year i mean uh the fact that it exists <laughs> for one the fact that it was good um the fact that they changed it was also as the battle system kind of highlights nicely like they changed it but also kept the essence of the original yeah. it's just very very they've been both kind of bold and also delicate with it at the same time mm -hmm. um i think mm -hmm. that's not to be 
underestimated and for a series that you know quite frankly like with Final Fantasy 15 and stuff has been a bit kind of its reputation has been tarnished I mean this is like a it's like nice to have it back basically mm. okay so Final Fantasy 7 remake your game of the year your game of the year shortlist was two games and it's not The Last of Us Part 2 so yeah well you'd be forgiven for forgetting because this episode is now running into a into a whole double episode that we didn't even plan but I guess that's what happens when you talk about game of the year right so it was a two horse race Last of Us Part 2 is not it my game of the year for 2020 is Hades and it kind of it kind of has to be because I'm still I'm playing I've played hmm, 250 something hours of Hades since it came out on Switch mm. and now this is you mentioned Among Us coming out in 2018 it's kind of a similar thing for Hades because Hades 1.0 Hades came out of early access this year only a couple of months ago but it's been out for a while like it's a game that I had not oh, yeah. wasn't on my radar hadn't heard of it um much to my almost embarrassment i guess uh I, I should have i should have known about this game yeah i would say that that's still proper release 2020 though yeah sure yeah i mean it did yeah the actual like retail release if you like i mean it's digital but the actual you know actual release the the out of early access um gold release as it used to be uh is 2020 so hades is my game of the year 2020 i'm still playing it it has just as of recording today has just had the cross save implemented because like you i own the switch and the pc version um i've been playing it predominantly on switch all of those hours have gone into the switch version i bought the pc version a few weeks ago um with the soundtrack uh knowing that cross save was coming and that day is now here I've synced my save, I've played it on PC, and it feels, I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say it feels like a whole new game, but it what it, what I can see already is that it's going to give me, it's kind of refreshed my, uh, my passion for it. Like, there's a whole load of other stuff that I can get into yeah. on the PC version. Not least because the Switch didn't get any of the patches that were released on the PC version. So, so how does cross-save work then? If they're different, cross save is kind of it's directly it's it's um, instigated and controlled via the Switch version. So on the Switch, you go into the cross save, you you link your Steam or your Epic Game Store account, and then every time you save, or every time you go into the game on Switch, it will check with the cloud to see if there is a updated version of a save and if not if you're playing with the most current version on switch it will just launch that and that's what you'll play with and then when you save or when you quit the game it saves and quits and it syncs at the same time to the cloud so every time it's it's basically doing a sync on the switch before and after um to make sure that what's in the cloud is the most current version and if it's if it yeah. is the most current version obviously it won't download it because uh, you've got it on switch already and if it you know if it needs to then it will and it's uh so that adds a whole load of stuff there's a whole load of just small tweaks that for somebody that's played it for as long as i have are meaningful i can see you know i can go in and look at the keepsakes and the the boons and see and different weapon interactions and understand how that's going to change things for me um mm. and some of it is a matter of percentages and like trying to do a no boon run there's a particular keepsake that on switch it was it gave you an 80 percent bonus if you didn't have any boons 
on PC, it was a hundred percent bonus, and that's mm. you know that obviously makes a difference. Yeah, but that's not why it's not my game of the year. Of yeah, course. I mean that's just a whole that's just a refresh for me of a it's like that's opens up more possibilities streaming possibilities as well potentially yeah because i think um i mean obviously love hades a lot it was on my shortlist for game of the year i haven't played it close to as long as uh as you have um i still played a lot though um but i haven't played it i mean when i stopped playing it i get i don't know maybe it's just how i play games when i stopped playing it for even like a few days because i was playing it every day and i stopped playing it mm. for a few days and then <clears throat> i stopped playing it forever <laughs> after that yeah um yeah. and it's not like i necessarily like actively like consciously went off of it or like, whatever yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. i don't know i just it's, it sounds a bit like like you break the habit whether purposefully or inadvertently and then once that habit is broken it no longer has well it's no longer a habit yeah, quite simply i do like it no have longer has that appeal i do have maybe in the way it's not just this it's anything i do have like a thirst for just new things all the time mm. as well mm. like i'm one of those people i think like when <clears throat> i can get bored of things quite quickly once i feel like i understand something and it's like okay, i get it i know what's happening here um i know what it's going to give me i know why i'm reacting in a certain way then it's almost like okay now i need to move on to the next thing and get that mm. same understanding from that rather than just kind of uh indulge in in that same thing again and again i, I tend yeah, to want you, to move on you do but i think not in the way that a lot of people would uh would relate to or would or would understand because that like you're not flaky in any way that kind of like i think the stereotypical view of that of somebody that flits from one thing to the other is that you're flaky, but you're not. You have this voracious appetite that you get into something and you will listen to dozens of hours of podcasts, you'll read books, you'll research, you'll get into something in a very big way. And that can be anything from, you know, ancient Egypt to coffee or whiskey. Or, these are my, like, these are my private loves, not my public <laughs> video game ones. Well, it's out there now. So I did say that we should, you know, put more of ourselves out there. So that's the thing. But that's, and that's how you do it. That's how you consume stuff and you go through it and then you will move on to something else. Not like having, well, I think not like, oh, I'm bored of it, but like having satisfied a appetite or a thirst or a whatever yeah it's just curiosity i guess i'm just curious about the next thing after that but that's very charming but we're here to be charming about hades (laughs) so aside from cross save what else is decent about hades genuinely just how i see it um well okay so hades what started off because i talked about hades on the game of the generation podcast as well as a new ip um you know as a new ip entry what started off as a, oh, this is really cool how you're constantly getting rewarded and you're constant, you constantly feel like you're getting better and you're constantly growing and there's, there's new challenges. That I assumed that after I'd completed the game a few times would peter out. I thought, oh, I'm going to get to a point where it's going to be like just any other roguelike. It's going to get to a point where most other roguelikes start, which is this thing of you're only really doing this, you're learning through repetition, you're learning through playing the game. And there's not perhaps much more to get out of it than that. And it just went on and on and it kept giving and it kept the the challenges. It's a game that you challenge yourself. The game challenges you, but you challenge yourself just as much. And that's something that I've found 
interesting and also revealing about it for me because I've never been interested in things like speed running or even really trying to complete a game with certain conditions like uh, like you see demon souls runs with like oh i'm gonna do the no weapon run or the no hit run and i'm like yeah. I, I just don't like uh, some of it is like i cannot fathom how anybody can be that good at it it's not i'm not i wouldn't be dismissive of, of it as oh that's a waste of time it's like i just cannot believe that you can be that good at it. i will never be that good at that thing uh but with hades there's feels like there's this natural evolution into that state if you are into it enough um it just it's not going to happen for every player of course but it has been a constantly updated series of challenges that it was oh i want to beat the first boss and then you know the second boss and then i got stuck on the second boss the the hydra for ages Mm. this bone hydra just kept killing me got past that got to the third boss in elysium and then there's all of all the while you're doing this there's narrative being drip fed to you there's new weapons being unlocked there's new aspects of those weapons being unlocked there's relationships with the gods that you're forming there's this constant ecosystem this 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 holistic experience of narrative gameplay mechanics personal experience of just of getting better leveling up as a as a player that's all happening at the same time which means you're always being rewarded and I think rewarded is the wrong word, but you're always finding, I'm always finding something to to be fulfilled by. Um, and that means that I'm never, ever getting bored of it. There's always something new. And having completed the game, I checked my stats earlier. So I've done a hundred and, I think it's 179 runs and I've cleared it 70 times, which I think puts me at just under 40%. And that doesn't, like initially that becomes a thing because I want to get a streak of, of my my runs my total runs of 179 runs have been oh it's been successful right. i've completed yeah, the game yeah, yeah, sure. 70 times out of 179 times but that so that become initially that becomes a thing you think i want to get a streak because it gives you those stats what's your best streak of a consecutive completions and then i've moved into this other realm of like experimental runs of oh and thinking up builds i've got a google keep note on my phone of different build ideas of oh, i could do this build and i could try and get these boons and i could and it just becomes a thing that i'm thinking about even when i'm not playing the game so as well as being constantly challenging and constantly rewarding there's a bigger game aspect of it there's a bigger experience experiential aspect of it that i'm thinking about it when i'm not playing it and on top of all of that there's like the whole community side which feeds into some of that like i've been watching some streamers who also some of them are more speed running some of them are more like i'm gonna do this run like this we're gonna do like a you know like a fists i don't know demeter run or something like there's this these different ideas that get seeded Mm. and the community is really lifted this game for me my experience of this game has been lifted by the community i think i should say which is a very specific contrast to the last of us part two where the community uh of course there were people that talked a lot about the game and loved the game and and but there was a lot of toxicity about the game as well there was a lot of and i don't just mean i don't like this game and here's all of these intellectual reasons why i mean all of that nonsense with threats to you know 
yeah. the actors and the the game directors yeah. and it's Hades like, for goodness sake Hades game of the year because no known death threats to developers no, no. <laughs> and there might have been some but yeah no known death threats but yes my point is the community has lifted this game and it's it to interact with the community and to watch even even as a passive observer in terms of watching streams or youtube videos and seeing the community interacting with the streamers and suggesting runs it's just all been very positive and all been very it's given it a new lease of life where it's like well i've surely come i've I've come to the end of all the narrative paths i've come to the end of all of the unlocks in terms of certainly the gameplay unlocks there's still cosmetic unlocks i've got uh because they've been added um so like am i sort of just running out of things to do and then you just need to go online and see that people are suggesting this this build or this build and that then sets my imagination going as oh yeah i could do it like this or like this and every time you start a run there's just all of this potential that stretches out before you and it's and it's nice and neat you know my runs now are down to kind of 22 minutes or so 25 minutes tops so it's become a game that used to take me an hour to complete that i can now get through in a much quicker time and try different things and experiment so yeah it's just an incredibly rewarding game it's it looks beautiful it sounds amazing the soundtrack is incredible um the voice work is fantastic the writing is brilliant i mean it's yeah it's it's kind of Mm. it's also the game that i needed this year in terms of talking about games of not just games of the year games of this year it's a game that i needed without knowing it because i've got so into it and it's it's really helped it's sort of helped me but not helped me but it's i've channeled a lot into it i've channeled you know a bad day can just be well i'm gonna spend a couple of hours tinkering with things in hades and that that yeah. becomes it's escape pure escapism but it's like you know so what no like, that's sometimes yeah. that's what well, everybody needs yeah well i mean it's a valid uh it's a valid game of the year. Like, obviously, I put it on my shortlist as well. And I think for me, like, <clears throat> one of the reasons why it was on my shortlist was because I don't like roguelikes, really. Mm. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of find them... I know that they're not, but they're, for me, they're just not... They're just unfulfilling. They're, I don't know, mm. shallow. I don't mean shallow because I know that they're not, but just the idea of <clears throat> starting over again, I just... I, I think, like, oh, yeah. God. Um, yeah. It just seemed like such an uphill battle, but um, but yeah, Hades wasn't like that. Hades was very fairly quickly, uh, not immediately, but fairly quickly um, <clears throat> addicting, I suppose. Like it was okay. Now I get this. And dying wasn't a dang starting over. Didn't feel like much of a um, too much of a burden, really. I wonder if one of the reasons, well, just thinking about it now, I wonder if one of the reasons thinking that is that it's, it's more structured than most roguelikes in that you know what bosses are coming and roughly when they're coming in terms of like mm. time or mm-hmm. number of rooms. And I wonder if that actually gives it more structure rather than it being like, okay, there might be this random boss in this random room that you've come. Like in Hades, you do actually have like proper sets, almost like, you know checkpoint markers it's like okay you got four laps of 1600 meters but you know exactly how far one lap is and you know when lap two is about to start i wonder if that kind of certainty actually takes gives it more uh the the structure given by that certainty offers you more i don't know it just feels like you're kind you're not just bashing your head randomly against a wall it's like okay now i actually know that this thing that is a genuine achievement is about to come up 
Yeah, you can prepare for it. I mean, for sure, there are uh, there are specific chamber numbers where uh, the bosses come up, and yeah, so in this like that feeds into the challenge thing of each little room is its own mini challenge, and you don't know specifically what each room is going to have in it, but you know like there's a pool of this in Asphodel or a pool of this in Elysium. You understand the kinds of enemies that are going to come up. And then every X number of rooms, and even in terms of the mini bosses, you get to choose that yourself. Um, sometimes there will be two different options to go into the next room, and one of them will have a little skull icon on it, which means there's a mini boss, and some of and sometimes the other one won't. Sometimes they both will, so then you, you're screwed. But like it's you get to choose how how you engage. Am I going for a speed run? Do I want to just go through this thing where I don't want to fight a mini boss? I want to just get through the shortest possible number of rooms as I can or the easiest rooms as I can. Um, so yeah, that structure and being able to plan how many rooms do I have left? Should I take the extra health at this stage? Should I go for another boon? Definitely, for me, definitely plays an active part in how I play the game. That is a very, um, yeah, very structured thing, which you don't necessarily get in all in all roguelikes. I think that's mm. that's an, yeah, an interesting point, point to explore. But that's, yeah, it's one of the, just the many, many things that Hades does very well is giving you that information um doesn't really spring surprises on you it's not trying to catch you out it's like it's sometimes there might be it might be this mini boss or this mini boss but it's you know again you know the selection that it's going to be drawn from they're not completely random and it yeah it all ties together very uh very very well and it's it's a game now that i will be i'll be playing over christmas and i'll play on pc as well now um and and may well stream it i like the idea of having played it for 250 odd hours of doing a fresh run uh going back to the beginning and maybe doing a fresh run starting that on pc so yeah it's a game that's gonna i'm gonna keep playing uh, not just my game of this year but i'll be playing it into next year as well Hades and the Final Fantasy VII Remake then. Those are our games of the year for 2020. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Whatever the case, come and let us know via Twitter, Facebook and or Instagram. We are at Indie by Design on all platforms. Also, don't forget to check out our website, IndieByDesign.net, where you can buy our books, including Art and Stories of Indie Game Creation, which is a dive into the creation, the approaches, the philosophies of independent game design, and Oddworld Abe's Origins, our officially licensed insight into all things Oddworld inhabitants, all the way back to Abe's Odyssey, and all the way up to the upcoming Oddworld Soulstorm. On our website, you'll also find a link to pre-order 20 Double Fine Years, which is our big book of everything Double Fine Productions. That's launching in the first half of 2021, and there are some great pre-order incentives at the moment, so don't miss those. Again, the website, indiebydesign.net. So all that's left for me to do then is wish you a very, very happy 2021. We truly hope you have a fantastic and fruitful year, and we look forward to seeing you throughout it. All the best, and stay safe.